What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of 68 Shining Moments presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I am thrilled to be joined today by none other than Brett Comer and Sherwood Brown from the 2013 Florida Gulf Coast team, better known as Dunk City. Welcome back to another edition of 68 Shining Moments here on the Field of 68 Media Network. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by two of the members of FGCU's Dunk City Cinderella team. I have Brett Comer and Sherwood Brown. Gentlemen, thank you for being here today. Appreciate you for What's having up, us. Man? How's it going? So the first thing I ask every one of the guests on this show right off the bat is uh, what it feels like to kind of be this March moment. What, what is it like knowing that every time you turn on an NCAA tournament, every single March, as long as March exists, you're going to see highlights of you guys making that run to the Sweet 16. Brett, why don't you start? Um, obviously, it's, it's cool to see, and it's fun um, to kind of relive some of those moments of, you know, with guys, you know, we don't get to spend a lot of time together anymore with everybody kind of living life and going different places. So it's fun to be able to kind of see that, relive the moments, kind of remember some of the stories and the history to it. Um, and obviously, you know, just to kind of in the business that I'm in, all our players are always talking about it and laughing about it. So it, it's, it's cool. And it's a kind of great to see every March because it comes up, like you said, every March. So Sherwood. Um, yeah, just like what Brett said, it's a, it's a great thing uh, to know that we accomplished, I mean, what we accomplished. And um, every time during this time, it's like I can feel it, uh, you know, I feel the, the vibe. And, um, you know, I don't really get to see it that much because I, I'm not really in the U.S. that often, but my parents and family and friends always tell me to see commercials of us doing things from the, uh, from the tournament. And, you know, it just makes me feel real good. How often does it come up as a topic of conversation when people find out who you are? They're like, oh, you play for Dunk City? Is that something that you hear a lot? Yeah, I actually hear that pretty often. Um, you know, some of the players that I come in contact with from playing abroad, uh, you know, they bring it up sometimes, tell me how they was watching it and was going crazy just like we was. So let me ask you this. We'll rewind to when the bracket gets released. You guys draw Georgetown, um, storied program, number two seed, Big East champions. Uh, you had played a bunch of high majors that year. Um, I, I don't think that you actually had pulled off any of the upsets. So what was your first thought, you know, when when you get Georgetown, you draw them, and that's who you see you got in the bracket, Brett? Um, well, actually, you know, the, the first game of the year, we played Miami at home with Shane Larkin, and, and we actually ended up beating them at home. Um, so we kind of knew we had a special team. Uh, and actually, it really kind of goes the year before that. You know, we were a six or seven seed, played in the A-Sun Championship against Belmont. That's what Belmont was in the A-Sun. And we lost, you know, um, and then our coaches actually made me, Sherwood, Bernard, and some of our guys stand out there and watch them dance and celebrate. And I remember, I think it was Sherwood and Bernard right next to me. I think I remember telling Sherwood this, um, we're not going to feel like this again next year. And then obviously, you know, we go through the ace on tournament. We were the two seed. We beat Mercer and we get the bracket. Um, and we felt good about Georgetown. Um, we knew that their style of play, they wanted to slow it down a little bit more. Um, with the Princeton offense, they ran. We run all the backdoor stuff with our matchup zone. They were just going to cut into another body. Um, so we knew if we could push the tempo, um, we'd feel great about it. The only thing that was a little uh, concerning to us, um, I think it was like the day before, after we got the bracket kind of preparing for them, we watched personnel. And uh, they showed the Otto Porter highlight film, the biggest player of the year. And we were sitting there like, okay, he, he, he's, he's pretty good kind of what, you know, he was made out to be, um, but we were ready. And, uh, you know, we kind of, we weren't scared of the moment. We all played at VCU that year, Duke, uh, Miami, Iowa State, you know, 
we, we weren't scared of anybody. So we felt good about it. So you mentioned the, the pace that you wanted to play with. And, and you know, at halftime, uh, it was kind of an ugly game. I think it was 26-24. You guys were leading, but it, it was more of Georgetown's pace and Georgetown's style. So uh, you go into that halftime locker room, you have a conversation. Like, what is that, what is that locker room like, Sherwood? Um, honestly, you know, we were going, we went into the locker room and we was winning. So the conversation was, you know, just keep going, keep doing what we do. Um, we knew that, you know, in the second half, it's basically like zero, zero. So with the score being that close. So we just continue to do what we do, apply the pressure. Um, we had good defensive schemes. Um, and then we just wanted to put points on the board. Right. So I heard a story about you, Sherwood. I heard that you got into it a little bit with with Otto Porter there. Was it was it at halftime? Did you was can you tell that story? Um, I really don't remember exactly what had happened because you know it was so long ago. But um I remember beginning of the game, it was some player on their team who said something and uh it caught my attention. So it was really from the beginning of the game, I had an extra chip on my shoulder because I would find anything to motivate me anyways. So from the beginning of the game, I had an extra chip on my shoulder and I was like, well, these guys think they're going to push us around. It's not going to be that type of game. I heard that's not a, that, that's not uncommon for you to find a, find a way to get a chip on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, man, it's not, it's not, you know, you know, it's funny. I would say that it was our team as a whole. You know, I think that's kind of how we all felt. We all kind of felt undervalued in a way. The fact that, you know, we appreciated our time at Florida Gulf coast, obviously, you know, we loved being there, but we felt, you know, we didn't get the respect we deserved as individual players that, you know, we're at Florida Gulf Coast. Let's just call it what it is. Nobody knew what it was. A lot of us didn't know either before we went there. So I think we all kind of had a chip on our shoulder. And like like Sherwood said, you know, we were all ready to go. We were all ready to go. Because, like, I think it was a warm-ups. They were – I want to say they were talking – they were chirping a lot. Yeah. And we, got, yeah. we got really excited from that from that point too. So. so I think the most famous play from your run is probably the the lob to Chase Feeler at the end of the Georgetown game that put you guys up by nine. Uh, Brett, can you just kind of take me through that play, what you remember, what you remember seeing, and, and how it kind of unfolded? So it's funny. That's probably the most memorable play, but it's not the best one we had all year. Mm-hmm. Um, we had another one where he was trailing. I just threw it over my head. He went and caught it on somebody. Um, but with, with, with Chase, you know, me and him always had a really good connection. Um, on the floor uh, whenever a ball screen happened he'd always be in a corner he always knew when to cut I always knew where he was on the floor for some reason it was just kind of a weird connection we had um, but I just remember that play you know George tried to pressure pick up the ball um, I think Sherwood you threw me the pass they came to double you and yeah, you outlet yeah. you threw it ahead to me and all I remember is I'm going to the hole I'm gonna go shoot a layup and I'm like uh, Otto Porter's trailing me so I did I wasn't gonna go shoot a layup he's probably gonna put my stuff against the glass so um all I see over the, right over my shoulder, I see Chase running. And I'm just like, I know if I throw it up there in the right spot, you know, with how athletic he is and his timing, he's going to go get it. Um, so, I, you know, I just threw it up there. And obviously, the rest is kind of history. He, he went and got it and kind of gave us the momentum to kind of finish out the game, you know, because I think they were cutting back into our lead a little bit right then at that point. We were up 20. It was down to maybe six or eight. So, um, it's definitely one of the most memorable plays, the play we probably see the most on social media and just brought up all the time. So yeah, you let mentioned- me, uh, let me tell you this though. Let me, t- I'm sorry to cut you off, but let me tell you, these dudes used to do this all the time too. It wasn't <laughs> like this is the first time you've seen a, a alley-oop from Brett to chase. Like we've seen this all the time in practice. We've seen this all the time and, you know, lower games that don't really get, you know, that much recognition. But then when y'all seen it on, on 
you know, the national stage, it was just crazy. Well, I think that's part of what made you guys so endearing, right? Like, I think not only were you the, the, the perfect Cinderella to make a run, like a 15 seed making it to the Sweet 16, that's never happened before. You also were this team that came out and was dunking on everybody, throwing lobs on everybody, right as Twitter and Vine and Instagram and YouTube and all of these like social video channels were kind of popping up. So it's like, not only are you these Cinderella darlings, but you're doing it by dunking on everyone, which is not necessarily what people expect when it comes to kind of these, these underdogs, right? Like we expect the big schools to be doing that to the small teams, not the small teams to be doing that to the big teams. So I think that's kind of what everybody connected with. Does that make sense? No, it, it does make sense. And, you know, I think a lot of it's too is kind of the way we practiced. I mean, we, we would run drills, just practice throwing lobs every day. Um, and then we just played so much in practice. We had a really good feel for where everybody was on the floor and kind of, you know, I think commentator said it during the game and, you know, we, we were a very confident group. You know, all of us grew up playing with high level guys, playing at high level events on high level teams. And we weren't scared of anybody. And we just kind of played our way. We, you know, Coach Enfield really gave us a confidence about ourselves. You know, he's a little cocky himself and it kind of rubbed off on us and kind of who we were and stopped we wanted to play. He wanted to get up and down and push the ball. And that's kind of what we did. And just call what it is. We had enough athletes and I was willing to find them to get those dunks and throw those lobs. So. Before we get back into that interview, I just have to let you guys know that, yes, it is that time of year again, folks. Conference tournaments are tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid, while the best teams in the country are gearing up for a deep run in March. Auto bids will be punched. Slippers will be fit. And our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, are putting my listeners at the center of the action. If you bet $4 on an underdog in a select game this week and that underdog wins, you win $256. Yes, that's right, $256. Here's how it works. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code FIELD68 when you sign up. Scroll through the list of the select underdogs, bet $4 on one of them to win, and cash $256 when they do. There is no better way for you to put your college hoops knowledge to use than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's safe. It's secure. It's reliable. You can deposit and you can withdraw your funds at your convenience. Trust me. I know. I use them. So remember, that's code FIELD68. That's FIELD68 to turn $4 into $256. It ain't going to get better than that, folks. For a limited time only, you must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. Go to DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So take me through the moments after that game ends. Like, what do you remember from the locker room afterwards? What do you remember from the bus ride home? Like, what was – when you finally pulled it off, when you finally said, okay, we are a 15 seed and we just beat number two seed Georgetown. Like, what do you what do you remember from there, Sherwood? Um, I just remember, um, you know, we going to the locker room, obviously everybody going crazy, uh, throwing water and stuff. And then Coach Enfield says, you know, um, we're going to go to the hotel. We're going to get some rest. We're going to come back and win again tomorrow. Uh-huh. And that just stuck with me right there because I was like, you're right. We are going to win tomorrow, too. Uh-huh. It's not just a one game thing. How hard was that? You know, I, I think. I don't think people understand the difficulty in, in celebrating this victory and then knowing that, okay, in 48 hours, you got to go and, and do the whole thing all over again, Brett. 
crazy, crazy enough, I don't feel like that one was as hard, the second one. I feel like the Florida game was harder because the amount of time in between and the amount of uh, media and coverage we were getting. Um, but the San Diego State one, it was too quick of a turnaround to kind of even breathe or think. It was just kind of, all right, let's just go get the next one. And like Sherwood said, when Coach Enfield comes in the locker room and says, I just go back and prep, we're going to go play in a sweet 16. We had no doubt in our minds that that's what we were going to do. I also feel like that San Diego State game, people kind of forget about it, right? Like it, it, it's kind of uh, the story. The story of you guys is the win over the Georgetown and then what you became in that time between the the second round and the Sweet 16. But no one really talks about the fact that you went out there and you beat up on a San Diego State team. That I mean, that's a really good program. Beat up on them too. Yeah, I mean – they were a good team, obviously. I thought Jamal Franklin was probably the best player we probably played that whole that whole uh, tournament run and year. I thought he was really good. Um, but, we, you know, we just kind of played our style of play and just pushed the ball down the floor, our matchup zone and our three-quarter press. And, you know, we were able to just get stops and get out and run. I think that was the biggest thing because that game was close too, if I remember right, Wood. And we just were able to get stops and push the ball, and it kind of changed momentum again. Same time in the second half, I think, as the Georgetown game. So, yeah. We really open it up in the second half. Uh-huh. All right, give me your uh, your favorite memory from that first weekend, both of you. Sure, why don't you start? Um, you talking about the weekend after we had won the uh, and move? I mean, advanced to the uh, Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, that that first we- weekend of the tournament when you won those two games. What's your favorite memory? The, the defining memory for you from that that weekend? Um, my favorite memory was um, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I think my favorite memory. Was, the whole time was just riding on the chartered planes, just um, <laughs> being able to, yeah, <laughs> uh, riding on the chartered planes with just us on the team, the team on there. I think the cheerleaders was on the a plane too, and it was just only us and no other people. I think those are my favorite. Brett, how about you? Um, yeah, it, it kind of goes with Sherwood. Sure so I think just – I wouldn't say that maybe there's necessarily – a favorite moment I think just the whole experience as a whole um you know we're a team that you know we bust most places we played we're able to get on a charter uh, we'd win games and coach Enfield had a weird obsession with five guys so that was our post-game meal instead of getting these nice meals at hotels um uh, obviously you know just spending time with the guys that you know we, we we really cared about each other we really cared about the school name more than the name on the back of our jersey um, and kind of just living those moments together and just spending time and some we kind of built, you know, it's not like it was a team that just made a tournament run. It's a school we all kind of built together too in a program we kind of built in a way. So I, I felt like that whole thing was really cool. Um, the other thing was uh, after we beat Georgetown, I think we got on a, our team bus and they took us to get some cheesesteaks in Philly, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, we'll and we went to Geno's or Pat's. I'm not sure which one we went to. We went to one of them. Um, got there and got some cheesesteaks and it kind of showed kind of what we did with all the people around just surrounding us and wanted to be kind of just a part of our run. So um, I think the the whole thing as a whole was really cool. So you guys went from being a number 15 seed at a school that a lot of people had never heard of before to quite literally the biggest story in America for that, that entire next week. I think you were on, were you on the today show and um, good morning America? I mean, it, Everybody was talking about it. You basically uh-huh. went from uh, from nothing to being TMZ, living that TMZ life um, in, in the blink of an eye. So, what was that? What was that next week like? Was it a blur? Was it overwhelming? Was it? Were you able to actually get anything done? Like, what, what, what was that? What was that like? 
Um, I know for me personally, I think Brett too, I think I could speak for him too, too. It was uh, a bit overwhelming, especially going on the campus. Like we were trying to go to class and stuff. And then we was getting rushed by like literally anybody to try to take photos, get autographs. We had to actually get um, the campus police to escort us to class so that we could make it. So you still yeah. had to go to class in between the games? Yeah, they, they was making us go to class still, man. Yeah, you know, you was, uh, still. Yeah, it was it was interesting. They like we show up to class, and our professor would be like, "Why are you here?" In a way, um, and then like Sherwood said, you know, it got so crazy that I think it was me, you, Bernard, and Eric. We went to get lunch on campus, mm-hmm. and it's right by the bookstore. And it got to the point where we got mobbed by people. Like we just, it was nonstop. People just kept on showing up, showing up, showing up to like Sherwood said, we had to get a police escort to classes back to practice. Like that whole week was, it was overwhelming, but at the same time, something that I know from our SID wanted to do was kind of capitalize on it. You know, like you said, no one knew what Florida Gulf Coast was. No one knew kind of who we were in a way. So let's capitalize on it, capitalize on it and kind of brand the school and kind of make something out of the situation. Give me your uh, give me the wildest story that you remember from from that time um, between the end of the sweet, uh, the end of the second round and the start of the Sweet 16. Like, was there, um, you know, did, did you have any celebrities reach out to you? What was the, the the maybe the biggest name you heard from people tweeting about you? Crazy. I mean, I, I think I want to think that I want to think that anything too crazy happened that week. Um, obviously, the 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 uh, social media of celebrities reaching out was high. Like Lil Wayne was tweeting about his plies from Fort Myers. He was reaching out, messaging all of us. Like um, obviously like my good friend, Austin Rivers was reaching out, texting about it, watching the game post and he's watching the game. Like um, it was really cool. to kind of seeing the people surrounding us and kind of wanting us to keep on going. Um, but I wouldn't say that that week was anything crazy out of the normal happened just because of the fact we were so locked in on trying to go win that game in Dallas against Florida. So um, that's just at least for me, sure. What I know. You no, it's the same, man. It's pretty much the same. Like, you know, I just seen everything that was going on and I just wanted more of the feeling. So, you know, obviously getting some more wins would add to that. So I was really just focused on uh, trying to get some more, another win or yeah, exactly. Just another win. I think the other thing, though, which we didn't hit on, which was an, another good moment kind of after that San Diego State game, um, before media, we got pulled into like a back kind of private room at the Sixers facility. It was me, Sherwood, Bernard, Coach Enfield. Um, I think our AD, Ken Cavanaugh, was back there. And we're kind of just waiting. And Andy, Andy Enfield with this goofy grin looks at us and goes, who would have thought I'd be going to a Sweet 16 with you three? And just starts dying laughing. We're all just back there laughing and having a great time. So um, I think that's one of the one of the moments I remember the most too that we didn't kind of hit on. So yeah, because they I've been to those media sessions at the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament, and it's always funny how they you 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 have all the players come onto the stage, but they mm-hmm. come out of these like curtains, right? Mm-hmm. And I've I, I I've never known what people do on the other side of those curtains. So they just kind of have you in a little staging area. It was a little staging yeah. area. I think it was by their training room. They had like whirlpools back then. We were just standing there kind of, you know. Waiting. At an all-time high. Like we just went to – we're going to Sweet 16. We didn't realize how great it was maybe at the time. We knew it was cool, but uh, we didn't, I don't think we really realized we were the first 15 seed to do it. We were just like ready to yeah. play. We were just playing. Right. Um, so. I'm always interested in this too. You know, obviously you have 
you never want to end on a loss. Right. And, and at the end of the day, like you, you go to the sweet 16, you get knocked up by Florida and that's not how you wanted your season to end. So when you look back on it now, um, was there, was there disappointment in there? Was it, were you happy with the accomplishment that you had? Like, it's always a weird balance for me where it's like, okay, you guys did this incredible thing, but you also didn't accomplish like the ultimate goal for why you play this sport and, and why you compete in that tournament. So how does that, did it take you a while to come to grips and understand, like, we just look at what we did? Were you, how, does, how does that work? I think it was a mix of the two. Um, obviously, we were disappointed. We wanted to keep playing, keep winning. Um, we thought we had a good enough team to knock off Florida and keep going. Um, but I remember it was like a minute left in the game. The game was pretty much over. Um, it was my last game playing with Sherwood. I think I dapped him up at half court. You know, we, we, we were proud of what we did. You know, um, at the end of the day, like I said, we wanted to win, but we were proud. Um, you know, we did something that nobody's done before. Um, and I remember we were walking uh, after the game. We were going to media. It was me, you, and Chase. And there's a picture. I think it's on my Instagram. Um, we're, we're walking down the hallway with arms around each other, just like proud of what we did for each other and proud to be able to send Sherwood and our other senior Eddie Murray out the right way and kind of just we were proud of what we accomplished and kind of we're at all-time high, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know it sucks to lose. No one wants to lose, but at the same time, no one thought we'd even win a game in the, in the tournament. So, Sherwood. Yeah, man, I agree with what Brett said. It's kind of mixed feelings, um, you know, especially after a loss. Uh, I mean, I still think about that game sometimes. I feel like, you know, I'm sure Brett do too. Like, we could have won that game, but at the end of the day, you know, fatigue does play a huge factor in the game. Um, that's kind of the first time I ever really noticed, really, like, the difference between, you know, high major and kind of mid-major programs as far as, like, weight training because those guys were, like, really big and strong. Yeah. And they didn't think about that with any other team we played against. Wasn't Patrick Young on that team? Yeah. Yeah, Patrick yeah. Young. They had, they had a whole bunch of dudes. And sadly, um, to this day, I still hear about it because one of our assistants here was on staff on that Florida team. So he, he cracks jokes all the time about how they beat us. But um, like Sherwood yeah. said, though, the difference was really shown that game, just the way their bodies were and just kind of the size. And they kind of matched our athleticism. And, you know, that's yeah. kind of what we were able to win off of was our speed and athleticism. They were able to match it. So, um yeah. All right. So this is the last thing I got for you guys. And I don't even know if, if, if you guys know this. Um, do you know where the nickname Dunk City originated? Do you know who started that? Mm, I don't know who was the first person to say that, actually. I don't either. I have no clue. And everybody comes up with oh, somebody on ESPN. It was somebody here. I have no clue. So I take the credit for it, but it was actually my oh, there you go. at the time. So we were running a website called Ballin' as a Habit. And the tweet mm -hmm. still exists. And at 8.25 p.m. on March 22nd, I'm looking at it right now, uh, he tweeted from our official account then, apparently FGCU is located in Dunk City, Florida. And that's the first time you go back and you look all the way through Twitter. That's the first time that Dunk City was referenced. So uh, I take wow. credit for it because I take credit for everything that he does. That's just how I, how, how I operate. I'm a real team player. But, yeah, we, we, we started <laughs> that thing back then and it kind of took off. So. Man, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. That was a that's a great nickname that obviously still sticks with our team, still sticks with the university. So whoever came up with that did a you was, guys did a hell of, you guys did a hell of a job. It was fitting because like that was right when um it was the Lob City Clippers, right? With like Chris Paul, mm -hmm. yep. Griffin and, and DeAndre Jordan. So yep. it, it was the perfect 
the perfect coming together of everything, of basketball, of nicknames, of social media. Uh, and it was a lot of fun to watch. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to be a part of it, too. Yep. Well, listen, guys, I appreciate the time. Thank you for doing this. I'm glad that we were able to connect. And uh, as soon as we get it up and, and get it on the website and get it on YouTube, I will make sure I get you guys a link for everything. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.